Hi, everyone. I'm here with Frank Wood from Reagan Strength and Performance. How are you doing today, Frank? Good. How are you? I'm great. So you're an expert in, obviously, the fitness world. You treat a lot of a lot of people, all different ranges, some athletes, some more just uh, casual weekend warrior types, and some people just trying to, <laughs> trying to get fit again. And so right. basically everyone all across the board, right? So yes. what initially kind of drew you into the fitness world? Why are you, why are you where you Oh man, what drew me into the fitness world? I feel like I was always into fitness. Even as a kid, my dad used to have push-up competitions with me at home. But what kind of got me into it was sports always interested me, but what more or less interested me about the sports was training for the sport itself. When I found out that there was a sport about training, I kind of, it sold me. It's all it needed to do. What I loved about this was just the way that they, the way that this sport kind of views itself. So the way it begins, the progressions to get to it, the scaling options for people that don't have, you know, the ability to do what you're asking them to do and how it's just all encompassing. I feel like this, this kind of translates more to what you do in life. Things from, you know, we live in Canada, it's not an easy place to live. So things from shoveling snow to, you know, dragging your groceries in with a foot of snow in it. Every, everything that we do here, right? I feel like that really, that really helps you in life. And even if I don't feel that, I feel like my clients feel that as well. I hear a lot of stories of, you know, we have clients that just renovated their basement and, and they tell us things like, I never would have been able to, to do that unless I did this, you know, getting off a floor. People hate burpees, but realistically, it, it's one of, the, one of those, uh, those movements that really, really help you out in life the most. You're going to have to get up off the floor a lot of times too. So, yeah. So what got me into this, uh, where I am today I was a heavy duty mechanic. I had a lot of jobs before that, but I was a heavy duty mechanic. I found CrossFit, started competing, made a really, really crazy decision to quit my job. That was happily making six figures and be broke and train people. <laughs> when, when did you start doing that? When did you make that uh, transition? Oh, I made that transition in, I'd say, 2017. I was just okay. unhappy. I had, I had gotten my journeyman. It wasn't all that it was made up to be. I felt like I was more working. I was, I was living to work. And I had a passion. I felt like, you know, at, at that point in my life, I was, I was, believe it or not, listening to a lot of podcasts. So your podcasts do make a difference. And, and a few of those podcasts were talking about just chasing a, chasing a dream. So right. I decided to quit my job. I talked to, I talked to my, my girlfriend, my partner at the time, well, it still is. <laughs> and I just told her, I said, Hey, I have a, I have a crazy thought. I want to quit being a mechanic and I want to start coaching. And, and uh, history <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. Did you make that jump all, all at once or did you start doing it kind of half time or, or how did you, how did you make that transition? Was it abrupt? I, it was pretty abrupt. I had quit almost immediately. I signed up for three different programs that I was going to take, the courses I was going to take. And I started take, I started just to kind of cover the bills and then, 
and then do all my courses. And then almost instantaneously, I started chasing any job that I could. Talking to previous coaches that had coached me, even talking about like moving to places like Grand Prairie to, to do whatever I could to, to learn from somebody or to, to put myself in a position where I could, I could, I could feel like I could succeed. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. You got to do what you can, right. To, to make it. Right. What would you say, like, how much training did you have? I know you have that hit that background of, you knew you were in sports. You're pretty active. It sounds like growing up and then, you know, <laughs> uh, you're, you're really into that realm of things and kind of the, you enjoy the progression of seeing as your fitness improves and as you uh, improve in your abilities to do different tasks, performance sport, for example. Um, but how much training did you have or do you require to become a coach? Because I know some people, they'll, you know, they think that it's, it may just be they're counting reps or, you know, you have like a weekend course. They don't, they don't really know what they're doing kind of thing. What's kind of the, like, what do you do as a trainer? I think, I think that's a really tough question to answer because it's a industry that hasn't really standardized that yet. As a trainer, it's kind of tough because I could tell you what we look for in trainers. And I could tell you what other locations look for in trainers. I mean, it, it is, for some people, it is just a weekend course where you learn the basics. You talk about muscle confusion, which isn't a thing. <laughs> and, and then you, you go off and you start training everybody that you can. And, you know, it's, it's not done very well. And I think that that's the problem with our industry is, is you have people like that or you have, you know, people on YouTube that are, are selling lies and, uh, and our job then becomes trying to build a little bit of a trust with the client. What I would say is the, the biggest aspect of being a coach is communication, is being able to communicate with your client. One, find out what their goals are. Two, communicate, and this is a big thing, communicate whether you can actually get them to those goals. Are you the trainer for them? So knowing your limitations, are you the trainer for them? If not, then help them find somebody that can actually get them to their goals. Once you've kind of established those two things, it's your job to get them to their goals, like we just discussed, but do that in the best way that you know how. In other words, you have to then do as much research as you can to accomplish that person's goals. So after that, I think when we talk about programming wise, you take you know things into consideration like how much training have they done before? How much time in the day they have to train and how often throughout the week they're gonna train. So I think when it comes to being a coach, all of those aspects kind of go into play. And I, I don't think that they're met for a majority of the coaches that I've run into, which is the reason why I, I wanted to take on this job. I've had a lot of coaches throughout my, my entire career, and I feel like out of all the coaches I've had, there's been one who I really feel did the job of a coach. Okay, so you feel like there's really like a big gap in that industry, basically, and you're trying to fill that void, right? Absolutely. Well, let's fill the void and do my part in, in, in doing what I believe the industry should be like. So what would you say to someone who, you know, they, they may be dealing with some type of health issue or mobility problem. They might be, they feel that they're getting older 
Now, this is different for everyone. Some people feel they're old when they're 30. Some people feel they're old when they're 70. Uh, yeah. but, but they feel like they're just kind of over the hill and there's, you know, nowhere, like basically they're done in and they're considering, you know, they get a referral to you because their friend is seeing you and, you know, they say you do good work. How would you kind of, I, I know you talked about goals and so forth. How do you kind of reconcile their, or get them to kind of change their opinion on what they think? Like I'm, I'm over the hill. There's nothing that can be done to, well, what are your goals? Like, do you want to be able to do these things? Like we can get you there. Like, how do you kind of, are you able to, you know, flip their mind on that? Or how do you get them to kind of commit to that or uh, see if you're able to help them? I think that that is one of the toughest things to do. What you just named is realistically the toughest part about it. When somebody walks through the door, like we just discussed, there's lots of trainers that you know give you the quick fixes of, of I watched a YouTube video where you can get fit in four minutes <laughs> a week doing, uh, realistically, the guy calls them strength training. It's plyometrics. It's insane. So you're, you're, you're essentially trying to teach that person that they call it a fitness journey for a reason. It's not a fitness trip. It's a journey. It's a long, long journey. So the problem is trying to get that person to understand that. So instead of doing that, we do three things, goal setting for something small that they want to do within that week, maybe even that day, something they want to see within the first three months and something they would like to see within, you know, long-term two, three years. And I think the goal setting doesn't, it's really, really tough, but it's something that needs to happen. Um, when that person achieves those small little goals, they start to gain confidence in themselves. So I think that's step number one to understand why it's so important to do. Aside from that, the hardest thing to do is to, is to train someone, know that they are going to suffer. Tra training is, is breaking your body down. They're going to suffer. Things are going to be achy. You're going to hear a lot of complaining and to put someone that you care about because you care about people when you train them to put someone you care about through, let's be honest, a little bit of suffering. <laughs> I mean, right. it would be like my, my version. Another version I would say is uh, like parents, parents watching their kids go through aches, pains, or, you know, financial hardship. It'd be hard to watch your kid go through that. And I guarantee it's not easy for those parents, but you watch your child go through that so that you know that they're going to grow up to be a better person because of that. So training's kind of like that. We watch these people come in, things like clients that can't get up off the floor, you know, watching them struggle, not helping them because that's not going to help them. And so not helping them, watching them get up off the floor, watching them struggle with this. A lot of times, believe it or not, watching clients cry or cry to you. Or sometimes I've even had them leave a session and then text me later and tell me that they really need it. So it's, I'd say that's probably the hardest thing. Kind of like a tough love type of situation it's hard now just just to get them stronger at the end of the day right yes absolutely yeah i'd say that's probably the hardest thing to get them to understand that you're there to make them suffer so they can get better right kind of guiding them along the way to getting them uh to reach their goals and you know you can't do the work for them right they have to put the work in you show them what to do and then mm -hmm. they have that trust and they 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 do the work and then uh, they get the results at the end of the day. Absolutely. And one big thing too is, is things as small as 
they got to put their own weights away. They got to be able to, to not just get the work done, but also clean up after themselves, which for us here is a big aspect of it. Because when we're not here, if they decide to go off on their own, if they move away from this location and they can't train here anymore, we want to make sure that they can still help themselves if they go to a regular gym. The point right. is to prepare them for life after us, right? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so you're not just uh, what I don't. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings if it's too, too insensitive, but. It's not like a fancy gym where it's you're pampering them and so forth. Like you're you're making them work. You're you're putting them you're you're making them do the stuff that they need to do and and they they may not like it at the time, but you know they like the results that you get and uh, and getting them not to feel good in the moment, but to be better in the future. So I think that's that's great. I see a lot of people. That, there, there's a common misconception I feel that you know if you if you hire a trainer. Maybe this is true at some places. It doesn't sound like it is at your, I know it's not true at yours that they'll just, uh, you know, they bring all the weights over for them. They will, they'll do all the work for them. The, the person yeah. might be doing a couple reps, but the trainer, all they're doing basically is cleaning up after them and they're counting reps. And that that's just not the case. So mm -hmm. wh where would you say is, have you seen any or had any clients that they, like possibly any seniors I have a lot of seniors and they, they feel like they just can't like their, their balance is terrible. They just feel like they're done. They, they, you know, they, they can't balance at all. They're so weak. And some people just feel like they, they can't get anywhere. And it, it has a huge impact on their independence. Really. They, if they have no strength, you mentioned getting off the floor. Some people aren't yes. able to do that. Have you had any like good success stories or, or what's like a success story that kind of stands out to you that like every time you think of uh, this person is just like, they're the biggest success you've had or turnaround. There's a few actually, those are some of our favorite clients. One of them I'd say the, the, the one that right now stands out to me is i don't know if i can say their name don't say their name just yeah. okay so one, one of our clients used to be an, he trained for iron man he i don't, don't even know how many he's done he's done quite a few him and his wife they have some of the craziest stories about during the iron man things like like their bike breaking and having to run the rest of the race so given they're very very tough people now what a lot of people don't know is when it comes to a Ironman or a marathon or running marathons casually is it does a lot to the body and it takes a lot of years for the body to recover if it can even recover. So when we first met them, first we met the wife, she had come in and, you know, we kind of started working with, with, I think one of the most important things is just fundamental strengths. And she enjoyed it. And then she had spoken to us discreetly about her husband and he was having problems walking. A man who used to run Ironman and trained his whole life for that was having problems walking properly. So I, I wasn't really sure where to go from that. I asked her to take a video next time he was walking so we could kind of see what was going on. And when he walks, he doesn't move his legs. His knees don't bend. Everything's kind of atrophied. 
He has a lot of pain in his, in his knees and joints and hips. And, and he just waddles. And she said, you know, we're, we're, we're 65 and plus, but we move like we're like, we're like a hundred. Right. She said, I hate that. I hate the idea of that. So we, we brought him in. And of course, like we just discussed, the first thing is, is getting their minds around what we do and how it's not going to be easy. How the trainers that you're going to interact with, they're going to be tough. They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to hold your hand. They're going to listen to you. They're going to talk to you, but they're not going to hold your hand. They're not going to bring your equipment for you. They're going to expect everything they can out of you. And one thing I tell people, and I've asked people to leave my class before. If you come to my class, you expect to work. If you're not here to work, if you're here to complain, if you're here to ruin the atmosphere that we're creating, which is a hardworking atmosphere full of, full of, sorry, this podcast, but full of bad motherfuckers. If you're not here to bring in that style, you got to leave the class. So we, I mean, we've had people who've had tough days at work and they come in and they're just not in it. And they say it too, like, Hey, I'm just not here today. And I tell them, I'm like, that's okay. Go home. Come back when you're ready. And they come back. I'll even get texts at night all the time. You know what? You're right. I'll come back tomorrow because they know it's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. You're in a place to do hard work in a place to fix yourself. Everyone's here for that reason. So we brought them in. You got to go through fundamentals with us. They did their fundamentals. At the end of the fundamentals, we described to them what we do day to day. You know, you walk in, you get your introduction. They go through, you know, some, some, some icebreakers to, to meet some of the clients. We do the workout after the workout. We talk, we chat, we discuss some of the problems during the workout and how to fix that going forward. And then again, like I said, goal setting short term so they can see progress. That's a, the most important thing. Now with this client, I don't think it's very tough to, to, to twist an Iron Man's arm to train hard. <laughs> it's, it was very easy to tell him what we did here and almost, almost immediately he adapted to it. Um, he went from not being able to walk to walking. He went from not being able to squat to he does walking lunges today. He did walking lunges and it was, it was easy for him. So a guy who was barely able to walk is now able to walk and, and he renovated his basement because, because of COVID people weren't able to travel and him and his wife occasionally traveled to Mexico. So they turned their basement into little Mexico. It's <laughs> a great idea. Yeah, did the flooring, did the flooring, you know, replaced the fireplace, did the walls, did built his own bar and everything. And I remember him walking in and saying, I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Wow, that's pretty, pretty yeah. That's pretty powerful there. I just love your passion. You obviously you obviously have a huge passion for this. So I, obviously you made the right move from you know being a mechanic to to what you're doing now. That's fantastic. It's great having uh, clients like that, right? It really, because you're, you're changing people's lives, really. It's not just, you know, you're not just counting reps for people. This makes a huge impact on, on people's uh, well-being and just their, their whole life, really. They probably, uh, you mentioned, she said she feels uh, like they're 100. They probably feel even younger than, than they, their chronological age, right? So yeah. That's yeah. great. How, how long have I... For this person, so obviously he has a huge training history and, you know, extremely hard worker and you, you hit those micro goals and, and gradually progressing. How, how long 
for for him anyway was kind of that turnaround where he started seeing some improvement and was like, oh, this is going to work. You, you, you see that light in their eye, right? About, about a month, about a month. It's a month. And here's the thing is that what I think should happen in group classes, um, I'm not going to name any facilities, what should happen in group classes that I don't think happens enough is they they worry more about the capital. They worry more about getting as many people as they can in. They you know, get a huge class of 15. It's pretty sweet to work out with 15 people, right? You're all sweating together. That's pretty awesome. But there's there's no there's no ability to sit down and say, whoa, hold on, this person's not moving correctly. We need to fix this. So I think one of the best things that, that happens is that because our, we limit our class size, even before COVID, we limited our class size. We limit it to about, about anywhere from, from eight to 10, a coach. And even that can get pretty hectic sometimes. So if you have more than eight people in the class, we'll request for another coach. Okay. That way, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go on. Uh, that way you can, have, you can have as many eyes as you need to on a person. You don't need to sit there and watch a person for every movement, but we, we do believe that every person does need to have eyes on them during their movements to ensure that everything is done properly. So one of the best things is that during that month, you know, we kind of, we kind of realize that there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues with, with a lot of the movements that we were asking him to do. So being able to scale those back again, micro goal setting settings, like being able to do what we're asking you to do, even if the weight isn't there, just the movement itself. So I think within the first month, him being able to do some of those movements really helped and goal setting, like being able to squat to a bench was a big thing. So once, once, you know, once he was able to see those, those changes, he started instantly seeing changes in being able to carry in his groceries again, being able to fix his plumbing, you know, and again, people hate burpees, but when he was telling me about fixing his plumbing, he's like, man, all those burpees we did, you have no idea how many I did fixing my sink. And I wasn't even sore. So it's, it's things like that that really, really matter. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's great seeing those, uh, those changes. And I feel like a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to do these activities because they just don't, they don't see how it applies. But I mean, being able to squat to a bench, that's huge. How, like, how do you sit on a chair? How do you, you know, if you're in the bathroom, how do you step over the tub to get your leg in there? There's a, so, you know, it's huge, fu these fundamental movements I feel are so important that a lot of people just lose the ability to do them. And then they, they just kind of give up. So it's great that you, you work on that. And it's, it's not just a look good. It's a feel good, function good and move well. So you can, you can enjoy your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Are there any, any other, anything else that you'd like to talk about or, or mention that haven't had a chance to talk about yet or haven't asked. I think one of the toughest things to tell people too, when they walk in is that uh, you, you work hard and you want to retire, correct? Everyone works hard so they can retire and they view retirement or even their time away from work as, as leisure. The toughest thing to teach people is that you got to earn that leisure. You earn that leisure by working hard and gaining, you know, your financial goals so that you can, you can relax at home. But the reason why you see a lot of people and a lot of people nowadays that are 30, 40, 50, 
to me, I don't think 40, 50 is old. But you, why you see them that that they, they feel so old, they feel like 40, 50, you hear this all the time, and I'm sure you do. It's my bad knee. Or, you know, I have an injury here, and I had an injury when I was 12, but I'm 50-something, I'm and it's still bothering me. Is that they believe that their time off should be leisure. You, you take the time to develop yourself financially in life to take care of yourself. I think that the, the one thing that's missing in a lot of people's lives is that they also forget that you need to take time to, to build yourself up physically so that you can live a life of leisure. For you to be able to relax and enjoy your life, you also have to put away, you have to contribute financially, you have to contribute physically, you have to take care of yourself. You still have to get out of the tub, you know? Taking a bath is nice, but you got to be able to get in and out. Absolutely. So. Yeah, very true. Great. Well, I appreciate your time, Frank. This has been a fit. This has been a great chat. Really appreciate it. Is there anywhere that people can, if they want to reach out to you or contact you, what, what's the best uh, platform or what's the best way to do that? Instagram is fit like Frankie, of course. <laughs> in there, I have a little link that'll take you to the website for our gym. But you can also contact me through Instagram or through the link into the website. Other than that, we're always here. Great. Well, thanks a lot for your time and thanks for watching or listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.